the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, October the 1st, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Yeah, October 1st. Where did summer go? October 1st, 2017, a gunman opened fire from a room at the Mandalay Bay Casino Hotel in Las Vegas on a crowd of 22,000 people. They were attending a country music concert down below. As I recall the pictures, it was kind of a little bit of a distance, but not that far. This guy broke out a window up in one of the 30th floor or whatever this hotel and casino, and he began shooting. Um, In the end, 58 people were dead, more than 800 injured. It was the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. The gunman was 64-year-old Stephen Craig Paddock. He killed himself before the officers could figure out which room he was in and get up there. But I think I heard just, I wasn't paying that much attention, but I think I heard just within the last, I don't know, months, maybe the last few months, something on the news that the police or the FBI or whoever was continuing to investigate this, excuse me, um, I think they had decided they did not know, they could not figure out what his motive was. And they just closed the case with that caveat that the motive was unknown. Today in 1908, Henry Ford introduced his Model T automobile to the market. People liked it. Almost everybody liked it. Today in 1949, Mao Zedong, he proclaimed the People's Republic of China during a ceremony in Beijing. He also published a little book, and as a youth pastor over the years, I, I cannot tell you how many times I have debated what was in that book with some kid who was all screwed up because he'd been going to class and listening to a messed up professor. But I have not fond memories of Mao, but he influenced a lot of people, for sure. Today, in 1957, the motto, In God We Trust, began appearing on U.S. paper currency. Today, in 1971, Walt Disney World opened in Orlando, Florida. And today, in 1982, seems like yesterday, Sony began selling the first commercial compact disc players, the CD players. Remember the Walkman and all that stuff? That all started today on the market, started today in 1982. Today, in 1996, a federal grand jury indicted Unabomber suspect Theodore Kaczynski in a 1994 mail bomb slaying of advertising executive Thomas Mosser. Kaczynski was later sentenced to four life terms plus 30 years. I'm going to come back to him in a moment in regards to something that happened yesterday in Washington, uh, in Washington, D.C. Today in 2015, a gunman opened fire at Umqua Community College in Roseburg, Oregon, killing nine people, then killing himself. Ten years ago today, more than 700 Occupy Wall Street protesters were arrested after they swarmed the Brooklyn Bridge. They shut down a lane of traffic for several hours in a tense confrontation with police. 
Man, they should have done that. They wouldn't have really had a problem if they had just come to Seattle or Portland. They would have been applauded by many and perhaps watched from a distance by the elected officials. Maybe, who knows, maybe Jenny Durkin would have decided that this was not a summer of love, but a summer of bridging the gap between people or something like that. Yeah, they chose the wrong city to do that. They would have done just fine out here in the Northwest, unfortunately. Former President Jimmy Carter is 97 years old today. Happy birthday, Jimmy. I never thought we'd have a president that was less effective, worse than Jimmy Carter at his job. But we do. Actor-singer Julie Andrews is, you know, the hills are alive with the sound of music. She's 86 years old today. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. That's what the pastor was saying on that Sunday morning. Reverend John Mullenberg, he was preaching from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1. But he continued and went through the verses. There is a time for this and a time for that. You know that chapter. He closed his message by saying this, and I quote him, In the language of the Holy Writ, there is a time for all things. There is a time to preach and a time to fight. Now is the time to fight. John Peter Mullenberg, 30-year-old member of the Virginia House of Burgesses. He was also a pastor of a strong, very active church. At the end of his sermon on January 21, 1776, John Mullenberg took off his clerical robes, and that revealed that he was dressed in a uniform of an officer in the Continental Army. Drums began to roll. He had it staged. Drums began to roll. Men kissed their wives and hugged their kids, and they walked down the aisle of the church with their pastor to enlist in the Continental Army. The next day, Pastor Mullenberg led 300 men from his church and a few from some other surrounding churches. They joined up with him, and together, the 300, they joined General Washington's Continental Army as the 8th Virginia Regiment. They marched off to win a war that birthed the greatest nation in the history of the world. Peter Mullenberg was born October 1st, today, in 1746. And he died today, October 1st, in 1807. He was 61 years old. By most standards, particularly today's standards. He did not live a long life. But if you read what he accomplished in his life, it is stunning, staggering, and it's inspiring. He did so much at all toward the work of God and what he believed to be God's will for a new country that was literally being birthed by people like himself and others. I asked myself when I read that, what does my life count for? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question, but I think it's worth asking. We live in a time today, there is a time for everything. There's a time to talk and there's a time to 
jabber back and forth with all kinds of ideological what-ifs, theories, and all of that kind of thing. Barack Obama is a champion of that. I think we've come to a time in America where if indeed there is, and the Bible says there is, a time for everything, I believe we have crossed the threshold into a time to fight. I'm not talking about insurrection and that kind of thing. That's not what I'm talking about. If you don't haven't listened to me or if you don't know me, I, that's not where I'm coming from. But I'm talking about through the legal and the available paths that we have available to us in this God-given country, exercising the God-given freedom and liberty that we have. I think it's a time to fight. I believe that they have crossed the threshold. I believe there is no return for the Democrat Party because this is not a mere political issue. It's a spiritual issue. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but, uh, but against principalities and powers. And it's time to take a stand. Too many people are saying, wow, if I can just get through another day, if I can just make... No, I don't believe that's what God is calling his people to do. And each of us have our own calling on our heart and on our life. We have to deal with that between ourselves and God. Our faith is a personal faith. It's between us and Almighty God. And we are in a personal relationship with God because His Son came and died and was resurrected from the dead for our sins. And we must accept Him as the Messiah, as the Savior. And when we accept Jesus Christ and ask Him, He is the only begotten Son of God. There are no other sons of God, as some teach. He is the only begotten Son of God. And when we accept him as our Lord and Savior and ask him to forgive us of our sins, he has paid the price for the sins that you and I cannot pay the price for. It is not within us to do so. We are sentenced to death, eternal death in hell, except that Jesus Christ loved us so much and God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. That whosoever, whosoever would accept his son would be accepted into the family of God. We need to make some decisions in today's world. There's much going on, and none of it much is pleasing to the Lord. I know the first question that comes to mind, it's a question that would come to my mind. What can I do? I'm just one person. <laughs> and if I'm over 40, I can do less now than I could have a few years ago. I would suggest that you just keep an open mind to the Lord and an open heart. God is not going to call any of us to do anything that we're not capable of doing in his power. So just keep an open mind as I talk to you for the next few minutes about several things, but particularly about the encroachment on our liberty and our freedom, all done with a needle. It's called vaccination. The British call it a poke. I would say that our liberty is being masked with a poke. I mentioned a few moments ago, I'll come back to that. I mentioned a few moments ago about Kaczynski 
The Senate voted yesterday to confirm President Joe Biden's very controversial nominee to lead the Bureau of Land Management, BLM. The BLM usually stands for Black Lives Matter anymore. You see these BLM signs all over everybody's yard. They're trying to virtue signal for the most part. But this isn't BLM in this case isn't that. It's Bureau of Land Management. This Tracy Stone Manning is a disaster. The vote was 50 to 45 along party lines. Not a single Republican, thank God, voted for her. Her affiliation with eco-terrorists and her role in tree spiking some years ago should have should have caused every single public servant to vote against her. Joe Biden could have done better, but he did the worst he could do. The most inappropriate, unqualified person that he could have chosen, he chose. She got zero support from the congressional Republicans. But there were also letters that came in, strong letters from several counties and several uh, groups out here in the West. National State Logger Organizations, the Dallas Safari Club, Houston Safari Club, a former Obama administration BLM director, and a former Trump administration acting BLM director. They all spoke out against Stone Manning's nomination. They said she, above all people, should not be in that office. But she is now, due to Joe Biden's administration. After his 1996 arrest, Ted Kaczynski, that I mentioned just a few moments ago, He's commonly known as the Unabomber. He praised Earth First. That was her organization based in Missoula, Montana, at the university. They put out a journal. Ted Kaczynski described himself as an Earth Firster satellite. Kaczynski's cabin, as you may recall, as this kind of comes back to you, was located in Lincoln, Montana. That's only about a two-hour drive from Missoula. Some of us could make it in much less than two hours, if allowed. But he said he would at times go to the University of Montana to use the library. So he had a close affiliation to that emotionally and really and physically. During her time at the University of Montana, this Tracy Stone Manning, she, she was involved in what the, our government was calling eco-terrorists. Among other things, they were going out and driving spikes in trees that can kill loggers and has killed loggers and it has maimed and injured loggers while they're out there harvesting trees. That's who this woman is. And nobody says she's changed her mind. She now heads up the Bureau of Land Management. This is one of a whole list of reasons why we need to take a stand. And we need to look for ways and pray that God will direct us in ways that we can make a difference. And maybe it's working in harmony with someone else. I don't know. But just be open. Two weeks ago, almost to the day, two weeks ago, the Seattle Times said, quote, at least 8% of Washington State government workers uh, subject to Governor Jay Inslee's COVID-19 vaccine mandate have so far requested medical or religious exemptions, highlighting the breadth of resistance to the order. End of quote, Seattle Times, two weeks ago. CBS, the same day, was reporting, sweeping new, I'm quoting them, sweeping new vaccine mandates could force millions of vaccine holdouts to become inoculated, although individuals of faith may be exempt from getting jabbed. 
or poked, as they say, in England. Washington State was included in the national story by CBS and then other national news uh, stories. It included Inslee's mandate that, quote, workers must be vaccinated by October 18 or lose their job unless they receive accommodation. Accommodation means unless they get approved in their faith in God by the government. Is this pandemic being used as a tool to advance a leftist agenda? Or are these so-called progressives so unprogressive and unenlightened that they're simply not up to the job? They can't do their job. I think I know the answer to that, but I think the question is fair to ask. In either case, they're using the pandemic to an advance, advance an agenda and the poke that's shot as the leverage. I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. I feel very passionate about what we're doing here. I wouldn't do it otherwise if I didn't feel the Lord had called me to do it and if I didn't feel very passionate about it. Having spent a lifetime in the ministry, pastor, youth pastor, music pastor, during a certain time in my life and so on, I feel very passionate about this. Although we could, um, there is advertising dollars available if we were open to taking advertising. We are not in what we're doing. Either either the article that I write each day at faithandfreedom.us or what we say on this program that originates live every morning as we are at 9 a.m. originating this morning. We are fully funded by the people who listen and believe in what we're doing. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can contribute on our website, faithandandfreedom.us. The state is trying to arbitrate individual faith. A couple of weeks ago, Almost to the day, two weeks ago, the Seattle Times was reporting, quote, as of Tuesday afternoon, at least 4,700 exemptions have been filed by workers at 24 state agencies in the governor, governor's executive cabinet. The Times continued, but resistance to the order has sparked demonstrations in Olympia and a lawsuit by dozens of Washington State Patrol troopers and others who contend that the mandate violates their constitutional rights and exceeds Inslee's authority. The Inslee administration explained at the time, a couple of weeks ago, that exemption requests would be reviewed by each state agency and the religious exemption would become would begin with a series of questions and quote might later include specific follow-up questions by human resources to determine whether the request is sincere. So two weeks ago, and I mentioned this on the program two weeks ago, by the way, but so the state would be interviewing you to determine if your personal faith is authentic. CBS News, in their featured article two weeks ago, was asking, what constitutes a sincerely held religious exemption to a vaccine? That's a quote from CBS News. It's a good question. Interestingly, even the EEOC, the Equal Employment uh, um, Office, even EEOC 
their view of sincerely held religious belief is employers aren't supposed to challenge that sincerity of their belief. I looked it up. So they're not even following their own rules because EEOC, and we can debate, you know, how good or how not, not good it is and all that, but it was crafted primarily by leftists. But even EEOC says employers aren't supposed to challenge the sincerity of people's beliefs, religious beliefs. They make a feeble attempt to answer their own question. CBS does, but they don't answer it. They fail. And in the end, they quote a labor attorney who says, quote, simply saying, I believe in God. I can't get vaccinated. That's not going to fly. There's got to be some kind of an explanation that's better than that, the lawyer tells CBS. What other explanation could a person make regarding their personal faith than that their personal testimony of faith in Jesus Christ or faith in the Bible or whatever. I believe in God. What can I say beyond that? That's not enough. This secular movement, this colony in America of secularism, has so taken over the culture, had done it so slowly and so craftily, that it's almost become a norm now that our faith is questioned by people who should not be questioning our faith. They have no right to do that. I'm not Mullenberg, and I'm not a Lutheran, but I could be at the moment, and I could walk down an aisle and take a bunch of people to war with me if they'd follow. This really bothers me. This is a gift from God, freedom, spiritual freedom, eternal life and freedom was paid for on the cross of Jesus Christ, and the freedom that we have in this country was paid for by people who walked out of the church. That's a true story who walked away from their homes and their farms and their businesses, and they went to fight the largest, the strongest, the most sophisticated military operation in the world, the British. And everybody said, you can't win that. Nobody thought they could win. We know better. They did. But what can you say when people challenge you and say, well, you say you believe in God. That's not good enough. Prove it to me that you believe in God, or we're going to stick a needle in your arm, or we're going to fire you. How does that work under the banner of freedom and liberty? It doesn't. There have been suggestions that the state might need to look into the lifestyle history of those that are requesting a religious exemption. For example, have have they ever received a poke or a vaccination in the past? If so, why would you receive one then? and not now. See, you're a hypocrite. You're not a faithful person. You're not a Christian. Why are they adverse to getting a shot now? But 22 years ago, they got a vaccination for whatever. I've actually had some conversations like that with the state, but not our state, not this state, not this country. It was with communists. When I was traveling in missionary work and preaching and going in and out of the darkest, most vile countries of the world sometimes. And communists at border crossings, they have talked to me, they've held me, they've questioned me. That's expected. Oftentimes they'd see my ministerial credentials and they would take that to me to be some kind of a government official rather than a preacher of the gospel. They weren't terribly accepting of either, as I recall, but I don't know which one they didn't like 
the most, but they didn't like either. But that's to be expected when you're dealing with a communist, godless, atheist group of people. But not in America. At first, the governor's mandate was mostly for state employees and healthcare workers. Then, as you know, in living in Washington State, he added educators. Within days of Inslee's moral mandate, King 5 TV and others in Seattle and around the state, other news organizations were reporting that, quote, dozens of, I'm quoting King 5, dozens of Washington State workers have filed a lawsuit against Governor Inslee. The first case was filed in Walla Walla County, as a matter of fact. The governor's office then responded, and he said this, quote, I mean, he didn't, but his office said, these requirements are legal, and we look forward to responding in court where to date no challenge to the governor's use of his emergency powers has ever been successful. And it's not unreasonable to ask public servants to protect the public from being infected with the COVID. But that isn't the question. They always answer questions you're not asking. They do it in debates. They do it when Biden was more cognizant of what he was doing. He used to do that all the time. You ask a question, you go like, is the sky blue? And they start telling you about a green plant that's growing under a tree somewhere. I mean, they don't answer the questions. And that's exactly what Jay Inslee is doing here in this. That's not the question. It would be also unreasonable to ask public servants to go to work every day to earn their paycheck. Why would we do that? And, and on, I mean, you could just raise all kinds of issues. They never address the question or the issue directly. The question is, if you decline the shot, are you sincere in your religious faith? That's the question. And they run away from that, even while they are enforcing it. How can a secular government evaluate one's personal faith and deeply held beliefs? I don't know. Even the Bible says that even we don't know our own heart. How can the state discern your heart and then act on your career, your means of earning a living, on their discernment of your heart and what you really believe. Jason Rance is, he's on a talk show in Seattle. Some, many of you are aware of him. He took several complaints from some kids and parents from Central Washington University in Ellensburg. He wrote in an article uh, just a couple of days ago, I think it was the day before yesterday, it took several complaints, the threat of lost revenue, and a media inquiry to get Central Washington University to reverse course. Students forced into COVID vaccination in violation of their sincerely held religious beliefs can now forego the jabs, Jason said. Central Washington University is in Ellensburg, as I said, has about 11,000 students. They're drawn from around the state, I think primarily, but from other places, obviously, as well. But when this mandate rippled across the Cascades from Olympia to Ellensburg and elsewhere, many of those kids and their families had already started their on-campus jobs and tuition had already been paid. Students and parents were outraged, and I'm glad they were. They should have been. The students and their parents were informed on Friday evening, September 24th, last Friday, that CWU had rejected their religious exemptions against the vaccine mandate. Emily McDougall is one that talked to Rance, I think on his radio show. She said, I sent in my uh, exemption form and they said it was compliant until Friday. After that, she said, basically, they came back and said, no, it isn't. And I have two days to act. She's 15 credits away from her diploma. Emily wasn't the only one. By Monday of this week, there was a righteous roar and hundreds were standing for what is right. 
There's much more to this story, and I don't have time to finish today. We might pick up on some of this on Monday as we continue our conversation because it needs to be said and heard. But thank you so much for being with me. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.